Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look with me in Genesis chapter 21. I'll begin reading with verse 15. And the water in the skin or the canteen, the container, the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot, meaning as far as you could shoot an arrow, she distanced herself from her son. And she sat opposite of him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad. Notice these words, where he is. Very important, very eye-opening insight. He didn't hear her voice, even though it was her voice that was weeping. He heard the voice of the lad or the child that was under a shrub. Where he was, God said, I heard something crying out of him. Then notice what it says. Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand. I will make him a great nation. Verse 19 is so powerful. Then God opened her eyes. Everybody say, God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. So God was with the lad. He grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. I want to talk to you today about how God can open your eyes, what happens when God opens your eyes. That open your, he opened her eyes. That phrase is found four particular times in the scriptures that I want to show you what happens when God opens your eyes. Sarah and Abraham knew that God had promised them a child and in their impatience, Sarah said to Abraham one day, I can't biologically, physically, I'm too old to have a baby, but I want a child so bad, I want you to go in, the biblical term, go in or lie with my handmaid. Her name was Hagar. And that union of Abraham and the handmaiden of Sarah whose name was Hagar, brought about a child by the name of Ishmael. And as women have a tendency to do, she changed her mind about the situation sometimes later. (laughs) And she decided that she was not excited about how joyful he acted around that child and how happy he seemed to be with this new girl that had come intimately into the home. And so Sarah said, put the bondwoman out and the baby. We've got our own now. God's given us Isaac. And Abraham, being a wise man, hearkened unto the voice of his wife. That's what the Bible says. And he put the bondwoman out with the baby. 
Now see this. When we pick up the story, they go into the desert, into the wilderness with a little water, a little bit of food. And as they get further and further into the desert, they run out of supplies. The water is gone. The food is gone. She's a mother with a very young toddler, maybe even an infant. We don't know. And the child is about to die. This is a tender moment in the scripture, and I want you to just lean in with me and let me try to paint a description. It's a touching moment as she takes her baby. Anybody knows the bond between a mother and a child? And she places it up under a shrub, and she goes a bow shot away in distance, far enough that maybe she could hear the faint cry of the child or maybe that's so far that she couldn't hear it at all. And she says, I can't bear to see the death of my boy. I know what's going to happen. And she, in that distant place from her child, knowing that her child is dying under a bush, she cries out and she weeps and she lifts her voice and the Bible said she wept. She actually was saying what many moms and dads find themselves saying in modern times today. Because of the condition of your children, she was saying, I can't bear to watch this happen to him. I can't stand to just sit here and watch this child perish, knowing and seeing clearly death is coming, tragedy is coming. The child is thirsty, thirsting to death. The child is hungry. I've got, I just can't, I've got to distance myself to keep my sanity. So she put the child under a shrub to die. She puts distance between her and the child. She didn't want to see it. She didn't want to know it. She didn't want to be there, even though she loved this child dearly. She had the attitude that, I'm better off not knowing. I can't take it. You don't relate to this text if you're not a parent and you've never had children. But when your children are hurting, you're hurting. I don't care what age they are. I don't care what you think you can give them. When you know they're in deep, deep trouble, sometimes it's an addiction. Sometimes it's a horrible relationship. Sometimes it's something going on in their life financially that they're about to lose everything. And suddenly the parent is grieving and crying. Maybe it's alcoholism or drug addiction or they're living with someone and it just grieves your heart that your child is not in a good place. And what I want you to notice about this text is she lifted her voice and wept, but the Bible said, and God heard the voice of the lad. He didn't hear her voice. I'm sure he did, but he didn't respond to her voice. He heard because she was praying and because she was weeping, he heard the voice of the lad. And an angel came to her and said, fear not. God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, go pick the child up, listen to the prophecy. We'll make something great out of him. I know it doesn't look like it, 
I know you ought to give up. I know you've distanced yourself to keep your sanity because it so breaks your heart to see what they're going through and the mess they're in. But I promise you, I've heard something crying out in that child. I've, I've heard something. And then God opened her eyes. This is a miraculous story. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. It was there all the time. She had given up. She had nowhere to go. But while she was weeping, God was listening to the voice of the child. God heard his voice. I'd like to say to the parents whose children have gone astray, who are way out there in all kinds of stuff, and you don't know what in the world it's going to take to turn them around, parents who have wept, parents who have cried, parents who can't bear to watch what is taking place to that child that you raised in church, in God's house. What you don't realize is when that child was a baby and you dedicated it to the Lord, when that child was a baby and you taught it little Bible stories at bedtime and you tucked them in with a prayer and you pleaded the blood of Jesus and you fasted over them 21 days and you kept praying with them. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And then you brought them to church and got them in kid pack. And as they got older, you got them in the youth ministry. And all those years, the enemy would love for you to think that that was in vain and it's not working. But what you don't understand is what you put in them is crying out even when you don't think it is. It may look like it's not in there, but something in them is crying out, I don't belong here. Something in them is crying out, I know better than this. Something even in a sinful, awful, horrible place they may be in, I promise you, God hears something from that child that is crying out, I belong to Jesus, and no matter how far I stray, I still belong to him. Somebody give him a praise if you believe in the power of an open eyes. I think of that text where God told Cain. Cain said, God said, where's your, where's your brother Abel? And, 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 God's, and Cain said to God, am I my brother's keeper? And God said, well, you've been up to something because I hear his blood crying out from the dirt. And I'd like to say if the blood can cry out from the dirt to God and get God's attention, how much more will the blood of Jesus that you put on your children and the Spirit of God that you know they felt from service to service, from time to time in their childhood, how much more will the voice cry out of the dirt that may be piled on top of them? There's a voice that's crying out. The voice that even if they're in sin and even if they're in rebellion, it's saying, help me. I know better. I don't belong here. Don't give up on me. Give me grace and mercy instead of judgment and doom. There's a voice in the children that were raised right that is crying out and God hears it they don't even know that they're crying out for help 
If you opened up this book and taught them things like the Ten Commandments, I don't care how bad and rebellious they act. The truth is, what you put in them is crying out and God is hearing them asking for his mercy and his help and he'll go the extra mile to reach your children in Jesus' name. I, I love what it said. It said, God heard the voice of the lad. Catch this, where he was. Did you, did you catch that? Heard the voice of the lad where he is. They're not in a good place. They may be laying up with somebody. I hope you turn me on TV if you are, you little free chapel hellion. I got news for you. You're never going to get away from the voice of God that was put in you. It's crying out for mercy. It's crying out, get me back to church. Get me back to God. Get me back to the Word. Get me back to my purpose and my mission for which I was put on this earth. The voice of the lad where he is is crying out. They may not be in a good place. They may have a needle in their vein. They may be in a drunken stupor. But God can hear them where they are. And he said to the parent, fear not. Anybody going to take God at his word? And I can tell the people who are shouting, they're the ones that's got teenagers and young, young adults and 20-somethings. They're the ones that shouted, all you, the holy fied, got little eight-year-old, four-year-old, three-year-old, enjoy it. Because one day you're going to come to church and say, preach that message again. I need to hear that God hears something in them no matter how much dirt is on them. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for a covenant that includes my children. Glory. And the Bible said that the angel said, fear not, mama. Don't get all stressed out. God hears something in them. They may go off to university and act crazy because that's the environment they're in. But he knows. He hears something in the party. He hears something in them that he don't hear in the other kids because you put it in them. The Lord opened her eyes. Isn't that something? Throw that verse up. And the Lord opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. What I'm saying to you is the eyes of the Lord are on your children. They're on you. Even when you can't see it, God saw a well and he knew it was there all the time. And then he opened the eyes of the mother and she saw the well of water she saw the provision for her family. God can open your eyes and show you the provision that you need for your family. If you invest the word of the Lord into your family, God told me to tell you that God's got them. Fear not. I want to show you the second one. Numbers 22, verses 22 through 32, and I'm just going to speed through this. But Numbers 22 is the story of Balaam. 
He was a mighty prophet of God and he had a prophetic word. He had such a word and an anointing prophetically on his life that whatever he blessed was blessed, whatever he cursed was cursed. However, toward the end of his ministry, he began to pervert the gift. And he began to take bribes to bless and curse people. And an evil king hired him with a lot of money and said, go curse God's people, Israel. And he gets on his donkey and he's on his way to curse God's people. And the Bible said that the donkey saw what the preacher couldn't see. He saw an angel standing in the middle of the road with a drawn sword. And the, and the donkey started sprinting off into a field and turning circles and, and bucking up a little bit. And the prophet got mad and jumped off and took his staff and beat the donkey and turned it around and got it on the road. And the Bible said they went on down the road and the road got more narrow and more narrow. You know, when you, when you first start out going in the wrong direction, God will give you a lot of space to turn around. But the longer you stay wrong, the harder it is to get right. And the road starts getting harder and harder. And the Bible said that they got to a place where the walls started coming in. And finally, they got to a place where the donkey saw the angel again with his sword drawn in that, between two walls, two vineyards. And there was enough, wasn't enough space for the donkey to turn around. But he panicked and he drove over to one side and it crushed the foot of the prophet Balaam. Now he's really mad. I got a feeling he said a cuss word or two at that donkey. I can't prove it, but he was very, and he started beating it again. And then finally, he says, the Bible said that God opened the mouth. This is one of the strangest stories in the Bible. God opened the mouth of the donkey, and the donkey started preaching to the preacher. You're going in the wrong direction, fool. If it's getting harder and harder and you keep going in the same direction and nothing's working out, maybe there's something down the road that God's trying to protect you from. Maybe you need your eyes open to the fact that you're moving in the wrong. Can you see the donkey out there having? And the craziest part of this story is he starts having talking back to the donkey. He starts saying, why don't you do what I t told you to do? Why? And he even said these words. He said, if I had a sword instead of a staff, I'd just kill you, you good-for-nothing donkey. And the donkey's turning around talking to him. Have I ever disobeyed you in all the years I've carried you around? Have I not always done everything? Do you think there might be a reason, sir, that I'm not going to continue to go down this road? And then the Bible said God opened Balaam's eyes and he saw an angel with a sword in his hand and he realized that the donkey had saved his life when his eyes got open. The Lord showed him the right direction and showed him that when his eyes were open that he was going in the wrong direction. The donkey saved his life trying to protect him from going the wrong direction. When God opens your eyes and you're trying to do something that you think is right. And I, I just feel like preaching. 
If, if you're in a relationship and the further you go in that relationship with that man or that woman, it's, it's, it's getting worse and worse. And now he's not just verbally abusing you, but physically abusing you and all kinds of stuff. And you're getting further and further from God. Maybe it's God saying to you, I want to open your eyes that you weren't created for that kind of abuse. I have a purpose and a plan for your life. Let me open your eyes and give you the right direction. Some of you don't understand why in the world that business won't go. Why in the world that oh, I, I'm trying and trying and trying. Sometimes we need to have God open our eyes that we're just going in the wrong way. So Hagar had her eyes open and she saw provision. But Balaam had his eyes open and he saw something beyond provision. I love the fact that he saw direction, the right direction. But I want to show you another one. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we have the prophet Elisha and he calls for his servant to go out on the porch. And when the servant walks out on the porch, he sees the Syrian army surrounding him with thousands and thousands of warriors ready to kill the prophet Elisha. And the servant runs in, the Bible said, and he said, alas, master, alas, what are we going to do? The enemy has our whole house surrounded. There's no escape. And the old prophet prays this prayer in 2 Kings 6. Open his eyes. First of all, he says, do not fear. Let me just preach it. Do not fear for those who are with us are more than they that are with them. And then he prayed, open his eyes that he may see. Suddenly, when his eyes were open, the servant's eyes got open, he saw horses and chariots, go to the next verse, horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I want to tell you the truth this morning. I got a revelation of this in my spirit. That if you could see how many enemy forces are following you around. If you could see how many enemy forces are following your children around. When I say enemy forces, I'm going to say it biblically like it's worded. Demons. That are following me everywhere I go. Got on an airplane last week and the plane landed and the tire blew out. Things just starts going off the runway, starts going left, and and fuels pouring out of the wing. I said, "Devil, you missed again, because they that be with me are more than they that be with them." Hallelujah! See, God opened Elisha's eyes, and he saw protection. Hagar saw provision, and Balaam saw direction. Elisha and his servant saw protection. If you could see how many 
how many enemy forces are following your children around, you would be terrified. But I've come today to tell you that we're not to fear because when our eyes get open, we realize that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. It's kind of like going to the Georgia Aquarium. Has anybody been to the Georgia Aquarium? And you know, they got that one part where you walk in there and you actually walk through a tunnel. And the sharks will come swim right up next to you. I believe they watched me when I went through there. I could see them. Sharks everywhere. And I'm walking through a glass tunnel and there's sharks everywhere. And they, they're flesh eaters. They would love to get a hold of me. But there is an invisible barrier that I'm walking through that they cannot touch me. And the same is true. If you are a child of God, when God opens your eyes, you get a revelation. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed will prosper. When I walked through that aquarium, I could see those sharks. And they could see me. But they couldn't touch me. And I'm walking through this world, and it's like I'm in a tunnel. And demons follow me everywhere I go. And they follow my family, and they follow my children. But they can't touch us. There's an invisible barrier. Praise God. I want everybody at every campus to take a praise break and thank God for protection, provision, direction. If your children are in a wrong relationship, God knows how to turn them around in the right direction. Turn to somebody and say, my family is surrounded with chariots of fire and horses of fire. And I close with this. There's one more place. In the New Testament, Jesus is crucified, died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead and two of the disciples in Luke 24 are on the road to Emmaus and a stranger appears. They did not recognize Jesus. And they started talking about what they had just seen happen and how that Jesus of Nazareth had been crucified to this stranger. And the stranger begins to open the verses beginning with Moses through all the prophets and shows them he was Jesus. He was the one Moses spoke of. He was the one all Isaiah spoke of and began to show them line upon line precept and the Bible said they were amazed. And then that night, by the time they quit walking, he would have kept going, but they beckoned to him to spend the night. And this stranger said, okay, I'll spend the night. And he cooked them a meal. 
And it says in Luke 24 in verse 30, it picks up the story. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. They had seen this one before. You remember the feeding of the 5,000? It says the exact same words. He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. He gave the bread. Look at the next verse. He gave it to them. And then their eyes were open. And they knew him. And then he vanished from their sight. So what's the point? Jesus was wanting these men to know I was there all the time. I've been here all the time. Whether you can see me or you can't see me, I know where you are. I know what road you live on. I know exactly what's going on in your life. I know everything about you and your family. And whether you can see me or you can't see me, when your eyes get open, you see who I am and you know that I'm faithful and you can see the invisible God. The Bible said that Moses endured in Hebrews 11 Seeing him who is invisible. When you get your eyes open, you can see what other people cannot see. It's invisible, but I can see it. How strange is that? It's invisible. I don't see God working on the kids. But even when I don't see it, because I've got faith, I see the invisible. There's something in them that's crying out and getting God's attention and angels are protecting them and the power of grace has got them. And even when I don't see the provision, don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, don't know how I'm going to make the payment, don't know how the business is going to survive, God can open your eyes and show you the invisible provision. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.